Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 175 for Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. Tony B. in New Jersey. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? Life is great. 175. Yes. Hey, look at that. You put your real name up there. Yeah, you know, little treat. Wow. How about that? That's pretty cool. Um, Welcome, everybody. If you're watching live... We are, it is 7.02 p.m. Central Time right now yes. in in New Orleans on Tuesday, August 9, 2022. If it's not that time equivalent in your time zone, you're watching the replay. But if it is, you're watching live. And it usually says live when you're watching live. So that's how you know. Um, let us know where you're from. Say hello. And we will say hi back like Leo did from St. Cloud. I don't know where that is. But he's there. Charles is in Texas. Charles Ray. More Charlie Texas. Ray. Sanford Batman from Texas. Um, Texas is a big state. Maybe St. Cloud's in Texas too. I don't even know. Maybe. But anybody else that's not in Texas, you can also come in and say hi. And we'll say hi back to you. I or you can pretend you're from bit. Texas. Hey, you know what? Except Tracy was like, nope, she's in Maine and she's proud of it. Yeah, that's not by Texas, that's for sure. Now, Alicia's in Northern California, also quite a ways from Texas. Christelle just said hi. You know, she's good. She just hey, wanted, Christelle. She want just to wanted to say hi. Mel's in Florida. How did he spell that? For Iota. For Iota. Gloriota. Yeah, whatever. Uh, oh, Gloriota. St. Cloud is Minnesota. I should have known that. And we got some Canada, Canada. Tracy Olson Ward is in north of Toronto. Uh, Canada. Eight. Timothy, Timothy in Maryland. Virginia Beach. Yeah. Le- Liesel. Yeah. Um, uh, just went up 50 points for my favorite person list. That's pretty cool. Nice. Think Finger Lakes in New York State. What's up, Tammy? Again, a lot of women coming in. We're drawing in the ladies here somehow. You have that effect on them, Steve. I guess so. Am I loud enough? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I mean, I can control the volume that I hear. But let's ask the audience, is Tony loud enough? Am I loud enough? Can you hear me? Yes. They will tell us. Yes, they will. Because she's really cool. Tracy said, what's up, guys? What's up, Tracy? What up? Joe's in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Um... Yeah, you're welcome, Tiffany said. Thanks for giving us a platform platform to share our shows and gigs with everyone. You're welcome. Yeah. That is just part of what Cover Band Central is all about. He's ever-reaching enthusiasm. Tracy said, I can hear you, Tony. Mm. Another Tracy said he's good. So, all right. Thank you. So, so there you go. But I'm not good, Steve. I'm great. You're great. Of course you are. Um, So, uh, yeah, we're streaming live right now on the... Coverband Central Facebook page in the Coverband Central Facebook group and on the Coverband Central YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's where all of our past shows are. That's where you get notified when we go live and all sorts of, sorts of other goodies are on there. The link is in the description. Click on that link and subscribe. Also, make sure you visit our sponsor, Bandzoogle. They are the premier place to go if you're a musician or a band and you need a website. They are designed specifically to get websites out there for bands and musicians. 
They have everything that you need. You don't need to know any coding or design. They have it all set up. And you can get a 30-day trial, free 30-day trial, if you go to CoveredBandCentral.com slash will Start your free trial today. 30 days. You have a whole month to figure out if you like it or not. And you will love it. If you need a website, that's the way to go. So check them out. You will love it. Yes. Um, Tune in live for episode 175. Uh, yes. Um, so I want to throw back to last week mm. when we were talking about uh, just my little situation of not working now because I don't have a regular gig, but I might get a sub gig here and there. And you said that you called it. You said, uh, you know, somebody's going to call you. And not that I, you know, need to work right now. I'm, I'm happy with staying home in the hot summer heat. And that was redundant. Hot summer heat. What? The hot summer heat. Hot summer weather. Hot summer weather. And just working on Coverman Central, staying in my air conditioning. I'm good with that. But you said somebody's going to call you and you're going to need to sub. And that is exactly what happened. Um, I, uh, got a call the next day after was the matter and, it was from a friend of mine who's a bass player and plays with a band called Rockbox, who are a bunch of friends of mine as well. And I've played with them many times in the past. And he was unfortunately uh, under the weather, let's say. And he's got two kids who were also under the weather and he needed to take the weekend off. So I got called in and I ended up playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. What? What's that, Bobby? I know, right? It's Bobby, my guy over here, just said, once again... Things unfold as we predicted. Yes. Uh, are you in the mix? I Nelson, don't know if he's Nelson. asking us, but Nelson, yes, you're in the mix. You're here, Nelson. Thanks for joining Nelson, me. what's up? What yes, as, as, no, as, as you know, like we talked about, I said it's only a matter of time because that's just the way it works. You always get some time off and you're like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to have all this free time. And I'm like, someone's going to call you because, you know, that's the way it works down in New Orleans, you know? And you're yeah. in that you're in that loop, and you're in that click of people that you know. It's much like when you needed a drummer, and you call Jason, and he's you know he starts networking and finds somebody, right? It's like all of a sudden this guy can't do the gig. They're like, "Who do you call?" And they scramble up Steve Witchell. Right. Not even scramble up. I'm the go-to guy for that. That's what I mean. You're the first call guy, so they just yes. you know scramble you up on their phone, and they're like, "Steve, can you do the gig?" Yes. And you're like, "Well, I really wanted to work on Cover Band Central, but I guess I can." Yeah. No, I happily do it because I love playing and I love playing with those guys. I love playing in that music. It's it's more up my alley. It's more leaning towards the hard rock kind of stuff. Not too too hard rock, but you know, the m mainstream hard rock. So, so so I've got a question for yes. the group. We can get some feedback on this, okay? Okay. Sure. So I have a real life situation that I want to okay. get some, I want to get your opinion on too. Okay. So I had a gig on Sunday. Uh-huh. Show up to the venue. It's 90 degrees. It's blazing hot. They have a barbecue vendor outside, outside bar. Outside area holds about 250 people. Go inside to talk to the owner, and they don't have the garage. There's a big garage door open on the side of the building that they usually have open so that, you know inside and outside can co-mingle. But it's so <laughs> hot out that they got the whole building on lockdown. So I go inside, and inside holds about... 250 people as well so the guy says to me i'm gonna leave it up to the band whether you want to play inside today or outside okay inside that's, that's a rare uh option that you're given from he says from... well he says i'd prefer you to play outside uh-huh but i'm gonna leave it up to you guys so you decide on, on where you want to play and let me know okay so what but, was the temperature outside 90 90 degrees, and it was humid or, or nice? No, 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 full sun, little bit of a breeze, but if you're standing, and and all the tables have umbrellas, and it's a big covered deck, so it's very people-friendly, you know? Okay. Oh, okay. But don't forget, I get there early, right? So I'm there like two hours before the gig. Right. And there's like 30 people inside and five people outside. So as I mull it over, I say, hmm, let me think about this, right? It'd be great to play indoors, you know, in this 70-degree air conditioning. Great right. acoustics, you know. But 
with all this activity outside, barbecue vendor, you know, and all this outdoor brand new grand opening of the outdoor bar and all this other stuff. Ooh, okay. So I talked to the manager. I said to her, you know, what's been your past over the past couple of weeks with the heat? What have people done? And she said, well, all I can tell you is when this other band played here, you know, previously, it was supposed to rain, so it was kind of threatening outside. So they opted. So they opted to play inside. Sorry about that. Right. So they opted to play inside because the uh-huh. weather was kind of sketchy. Right. Then she said the weather moved on, and they played to like four tables of people inside, and there was 150 people outside. Uh, okay. Okay. So she said, "You make your decision. What you know you want to do, but that's just my two cents worth." Okay. The other girl's like, "Oh, just play inside, man. It's so much cooler. There'll, there'll be people inside." Okay. So that's so now Steve's on the spot. I'm the drummer. I'm there first. I have to start setting up now, or I'm not going to be ready for the gig. Where okay. am I setting up? Outside. Okay. And what would be your reasoning why we should play outside? Um, it's summer, you know, and that's outdoor gigs are are, are fun, and for the audience, outdoors is sometimes better, even if it's hot. And like you said, there's uh, places for certain shade. Brand new bar. Um, Grand opening of brand new bar that's to be experienced and a barbecue. So there's food. So there's a lot to do and there's ways to keep cooler. And it misters out like big mister, like, like clotheslines running almost just like misting. So perfect. Water park. Beautiful. What more do you want? Yeah. Play outside. Yeah. So my thought was, Hey, it's not really about what the band wants. It's how are we best serving the clientele? Right, because we're hired musicians. Mm-hmm. So, do we play inside for convenience to less people, or do we play outside to where probably the majority of the crowd's going to be? Yeah. So we opt, so we opted for outside. So did you? Since you're the drummer, you're there first. You have to set up. You have to start setting up wherever you're going to play. Did you make the decision alone, or did you uh, consult band members? I consulted band members in a quick text, but I already started loading my stuff onto the stage. Right. I already made my mind up, but we're, I was gonna, we're gonna play outside. Gianni, uh, Gianni agrees outside the drink more, eat more, and in summer fashion. Right. Yeah. So we end up playing outside. Uh huh. And the funny part was there was probably a hundred plus people outside. Uh huh. And then inside, there was a hundred plus people inside. Oh, okay. So even split? even split inside was packed every table not 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 an open table to sit and not an open table to sit outside so theoretically we could have played inside Mm -hmm. to just as many people so is this the kind of venue where people are constantly walking in and out no or is it no No. they they pick us outside people stayed out and inside people stayed in interesting Hmm. yeah can the inside people hear the band Yes, but the only through a, ma- a regular man door, you know, like a regular side door to the building. The big uh-huh. overhead garage door that's, you know, 30 feet wide and 30 feet tall, they did not open that. Closed, okay. Closed because of the air conditioning. So if you're playing inside, people outside would not be able to hear you as well. Correct, really. correct. Okay. So it's um, really only specific to people outside are going to be out for the band or people uh, inside are going to be for the band. Okay. So at the end of the day, I think we made the right decision playing outside. It was mega hot, but the breeze definitely saved us. Okay. But it was, you know, it was very enjoyable. But it was funny because at one time we took a quick break and it was like melting. It had to be like 95 degrees out, right? And now right. the sun has come over the top of the stage. So there's no more canopies. Now the sun is blasting, you know, on the front members of the band. Mm-hmm. So I go inside and the owner says to me, you guys going back on? I said, yeah, we're going back on right now. I'm just going to get a drink. He says, no, tell me what you want to drink. I'll have the girl go get it for you. You have to come with me. So I said, okay, I want this to drink. He goes, all right, to call some girl. He says, get Tony this thing to drink. He says, come with me. And he takes me down this hallway, and we go around this corner, and we go into the back, and there's a walk-in cooler that's like 20 degrees. Ooh. And he's like, go, go, we go. Go hang out in the cooler for a couple minutes, man. Get get, get a little get blast of cold air. So we go in there, and like half the band's already in there. <laughs> I was like the last guy to find out about it. And so you get like, charged up with some. Yeah, uh, this some is cool. great. And I'm like, yeah, don't stand here too long, man, because you're gonna step out of that cooler for it's 20 degrees into right. the 65 or 70 degree venue, and then you're gonna walk outside to 95 degrees. Right. 
So I only stayed exactly. in it for like literally 30 seconds, and I was like, this is not going to work for me because I'm going to be that dying if I yeah. stay in your age. But so you said, you know, you should set up for where, for the people, and then Leo had a different take, which is probably good. Set up wherever you're going to make the bar the most money. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, I guess in this case, it didn't matter. So since it was kind of an even split, then either way. Well, what I think happened was they had the outdoor thing has been, the venue's been up for a while, but they only have a big bar inside. So what they did is they, they built a new bar outside. To serve mm. the people that are outside, specifically to not have to go inside. But it was like a satellite bar, we'll say. So if they have, you know. Right. 50- when you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. Teen beers on tap and all kinds of frozen drinks and stuff. Like, they had maybe you know, half a dozen beers on tap outside and no frozen stuff. Right. So you could get things without having to go inside if they were things that you were drinking. But specifically, well, you know, you may have to go indoors. Yeah. Also, I guess, too, for people that are outside, people that are smokers, they would prefer to be outside because they get to smoke outside. Well, there's a smoking area. You can't just sit in your chair and smoke. There's a smoking area outside? Yes. Wow. Well, still, yeah. you can't smoke inside. So, Correct. No, you definitely. Um, I'm guessing since you're a drummer that you, of course, do. But Mark asked, do you have your own fans to bring? Yes, yeah, several hundred to every gig. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so, you have. No, uh, I have uh, my own fan. I have a, a fan that I dedicated for me. The other guys have fans, but the venue was actually nice enough to supply us with two, like 36 inch big, like floor fans. So we had them on either side of the stage with a crosswind blowing. And then we there had, you go. And so it was good. But, you know, moral of the story is, yeah, like you can't you can't always depend on say, oh, it'd be great to play inside. It's so much cooler, right? you got to assess all the factors and, all not, the factors, and, and yes. not be selfish, like you said. Very what's going to make the bar the most money? What's going to do the bar the best? And what's going to suit the venue and the, and the fans and the crowd? The people, yeah. Um, very know? good. I, I, I like that story. I, I had a... Yeah. I mean, very hot here, obviously, too, in New Orleans, and I played all weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Long nights with this band. We do eight sets on Friday, eight sets on Saturday. A set in New Orleans is 45 minutes. And you do eight 45-minute sets in a night? Yeah, So, but we do them in a row. So we do four sets in a row, which is three hours. So we do three hours, take a half-hour break, do another three hours. So we did that on Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday was... Three sets, half hour break, three sets, so six sets in all. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, like, like Tracy said, holy. That's all you gotta say is holy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super hot here too, and New Orleans, all the bars, all the doors are open, so there's air conditioning inside, but you still get the, you know, the heat from outside, and, um, you know, on stage with the stage lights too, it's hot, uh, but, and what do you guys play, like 8 to 2 or 8 to 3? Like 7 to 10, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then 10.30 to 1.30 a.m. Wow. Yeah. So you do your three hours with no break? Correct. Three hours, break, three hours. Correct. And within those first three hours, the first four sets, depending on the turnover in the club, might you repeat a set or repeat certain songs? No songs were repeated. Wow. All weekend. No songs were repeated. They well, have no, a, you, you mean from set to set? You don't mean that in you a played, night. You, right? You didn't play a, a, you know six hours of music on Friday night, then six hours of music Saturday night with no repeats from Friday night, and then six hours on right, Saturday right, right, no, no. no repeats. You're just saying you played that would be nice. Yeah. I would say that would be a lot of songs, man. Yeah, that would and, be that'd be eighteen hours of music with no repeats. Yes. No, we we definitely <laughs> did repeat. Uh, the next, the following night, but we did play some songs the following night that we hadn't played the, the previous night and then the same for the, the subsequent night. Um, but it's a long night and it's hot. So, but everybody, the musicians in New Orleans, most of them, they'll get those sort of, uh, they're industrial kind of, uh, not industrial, but they're, they're, you buy them at like Home Depot or, or Lowe's or something. The fans that are, uh, that could be a heater or it could be an air conditioner. And they, they blow out, you know, like straw, you know, it's a nice, and it's, you plug it in, it blows out strong. And, uh, 
they're all over the stage, like, cause everybody brings one and I didn't bring one, but they're all over the stage. So I was, you talk about the cross breeze. I was getting that really all night from ones uh, uh, like the, to my left in the front of the stage and then to my right a little bit more closer to the front of the stage. I'm getting that breeze from everywhere. So the heat really didn't bother me cause I was nice and cooled off the so whole At the time. end of every song, it's like, Ben, <laughs> All you hear is fan wind on all the mics. No, because no. No, it's down on the floor facing up. Uh-huh. And it's, um, but if you go up to the front stage, there's a couple of them, and I get the whole warrant thing with my hair blowing back. And... Thanks, man. We'll be right back. Shh. What's the shh? How's it going out there? Shh. No, you get the, like, the white snake video thing with the hair blowing back and stuff. <laughs> yes, these hairs yeah. blowing in the thing. Oh, dude, like a L'Oreal commercial. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, so Tracy said uh, we do three sets typically, and even that—that's even that with the heat is a lot. Yeah, Leo said that's amazing. It's uh, it's not for everybody for sure to play that long. No, we. But, I mean, listen, we played three hours on Sunday, Stephen. It was hot, you know, and could have kept going, but another three hours after that—that's a lot, you know. It definitely is a testament to uh, endurance, you know. Yeah, but if you go into it knowing that that's what it's it is, then you know how to kind of pace yourself energetically. And, and everything else, and you don't, you're not clock watching, you just know, like, okay, we're up here for three hours, you know it's gonna be. And a, you know, you don't realize that either, that you wanna be in shape, like, you know, to do stuff like that, you know, especially as a drummer, you know, to play for six hours with intensity, mm-hmm. that, you know, you really have an appreciation for guys that are on tour doing it, that have to do it every night, you know, or two nights, night off, a night, two nights in a row, three nights in a row, night off, right, when you're on a tour tour, and, right. It's the same thing. You need that stamina and that endurance to bring it every night. Right. And, and not, and, you know, it was funny. I read, uh, interview with Mike Mangini from Dream Theater and he was saying that, like, he used to, you know, be real flamboyant when he would play and stuff like that. And then he realized that by doing smaller micro movements, he's able to, like, his chops actually get better on tour. As right. opposed to saying, like, I have to take a day off of drumming because my hands need a rest, you know? Or right. I played for, you know, 17 hours in the past four days. Like, I just need, you know, I need to recharge. Yes. To so the physicality of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you want to practice economy of motion for oh, yeah. gigs like that. But it's sometimes I laugh sometimes when I see uh, like known artists that are on tour and I see their set list and they're playing like fifteen songs or twenty songs. Like you know, like for for an eight set night, that's about ten sets a song. That's about eighty songs in a night. Yeah, ten ten songs a set. Yeah, yeah. What I say, ten sets a song. Ten yeah. songs a set. Yeah, ten sets of songs. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot. Ten um, songs of sets when sets really are songs, uh, but songs it, are. Sets. Every time you do that, it overdrives, like when you put your mouth on the mic, it overdrives everything. I have oh, to so play. if I did this, I could really, really <laughs> don't, don't do that. Anymore. If I yelled like Dio real close to the mic, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. Okay, I won't do that then. I'll refrain from that for now. Yes, please. You should know that from being a, a well. You don't use uh, a fifty-eight when you're singing. You probably have like a headset mic, right? No, I don't have a headset because it's fixed. Meaning, I can't pull back from the mic if I'm, you know, the headset is oh, at, fixed distance right. at all time. Right. So you have to change the volume of your voice. So rather than do the mic control thing, no, right. I use a regular mic. I use a Sennheiser. Right. Um, so yeah, Leo said that's got to be hellish on the lead singer's voice. Well, here's the thing though: this yeah. band has Good two point, leads. Leo. This band has two lead singers. And also other people in the band sing lead. So. They get a break. It's, it's actually, they get a lot of breaks. Um, and that's a cool thing about this band in particular is that they have sort of breaks worked into the whole set. So sometimes there'll be a song where it's just guitar and vocal. So the drummer gets a break, the bass player gets a break. Um, and, and that there's stuff like that throughout the night. So everybody kind of gets little mini breaks. Nice. And, uh, um, the, another great thing about this band is one of the singers is a multi-instrumentalist. So he plays, he can play guitar well. He can play bass well. He can play, um, drums well. Keyboards, I think he, I, I, I don't know if I've seen him play keys much, but, but he's very good at, at all those. So if I need a break all of a sudden, which did happen, like, oh, I got to pee. Like, and I'd say, hey, dude, can you, can you play this next song? And he pretty much knows all the material. So, yeah, so that's, it's great to have, for a long night like that, it's great to have a utility guy in the Oh, band. yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, 
it, that's really a help. So even though it's such a long night, it's, it's, it's almost easier to get through than it, like my last gig where I didn't get breaks. Um, but we, we were only playing five or six sets. So, uh, that would yeah. still be tough with one singer though. You know, if you had to do. Oh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday with that many songs, you would definitely be blown out by Monday. Yeah, forget it. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. Uh, and we play, like you were saying with the intensity, we play, you know, rock stuff. We played Motley Crue and Rush and, and Van Halen and, and, and like, you know, stuff that's, that you're leaning into. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, not, yeah. it's not, uh, you know, all Jesse's girl and, uh, and that sort of stuff. I don't even think we played. <laughs> It's not all Jesse Girl and Tommy Two Tone. We played. We didn't play that at all. We did. We did play Jesse's Girl, but we didn't play Don't Stop. We even did. I think we did. I don't remember. It's so over the course of the weekend, you would have had to have played that song at, at least once. Well, these guys are kind of rebels too. Hey, right? So, what rush did you do? Limelight. Tom, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Mm. Always fun to play though. Tom Sawyer. Um. So anyway, the topic, I didn't even get to that yet, but the topic that I chose was, and I wrote it as this in, in the subject, everyone is better than you, is what I wrote. What do you think of that statement, Tony? Everyone is better than you? Yes. What do you think I mean by that statement? I kind of explain it in the description so other people. I would say coming from you, 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 you are implying that that means that you should assume that everyone is better than you and not have an ego and you should always strive to be better yourself. That is correct. That's right. Yes. I should have that ready. Huh? You should have that ready. Um, that's right. Um, I'll just do the sound effects now. That's, that's all right, Timmy. You could take a nap now. My sound effects guy's not even paying attention over there. He's reading a magazine or something. Yeah. Um, tell you, it's good helps hard to find, Steve. Yeah, so I, I... That's right. I did say that to me. Wake up. Yeah, I, I depicted it as like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of musicians are in sort of competition mode and they'll see other players and and that are, that are really good and think either like envious of that person or get discouraged about themselves. And... Neither one is optimal. Um, and really the best course of action for being a musician and playing as a career, if you want to, or just playing a lot, is to not be in competition mode at all. Um, just be in creative mode. Because you're always going to be, there's always going to be somebody better than you. There's always going to be somebody worse than you. And, and where you fit on that spectrum is really irrelevant. What, what matters is the love that you're putting into your craft and, uh, and bettering yourself. And if you do see, other, so if you go into it, into your playing with another band, especially new people that you may not have played with before, and you go into it thinking that everybody's better than you, then you're going to gain a lot from that because you're going to be a sponge. You're going to learn. You're going to look to learn from all these other people. So you, you think that they're better than you. But you don't get discouraged about yourself for that. You just use that as an opportunity to learn. And that will help you improve your craft is my uh, take on it. Well, when you're not in competition and you're in creative mode, like you said, then you're really not caring about how, comparing yourself to another band on the venue, right? right. So, yeah, right, J.J. Bruno, creativity forces growth. It definitely does as do challenges and stretching yourself to do things that you're afraid to do, right? So yeah. instead of being intimidated or challenged, I mean, listen, it's always the same old story, right? Like I used to love when we'd play with Eye of the Storm, we'd play on, on venues with, you know, 10 other bands, you know? And there were really good bands. And the guys that were really good bands, like Joe Bergamini was in Eternal Vision, you know, and there was like – and Chris Ladon was a friend of mine who's uh, – Gary Sharon's cousin, you know, from Extreme. Oh, okay. He, you know, his band was was really good band. And we were all, like, friends, right? And it was, fr like, friendly competition, you know what I mean? But it was never like, oh, you know, my band's better than yours. It was just always, like, everyone pushed themselves to play their best because we were three completely different genres of music, right? 
you know, right, one right. guy's band was more poppy, one guy's band was more dark and progressive. We were like this fusion of, of you know, pop metal, uh, Rush meets Yenis, Yes Genesis, Zeppelin, you know. Mm-hmm. But long story short, so we became like friends, and there was camaraderie there, and it was like supportive environment. But then you'd be on bills with bands where the guy would like. I remember, I remember it so clear as day we played cricket club and the guy was coming to stage and to be complimentary you know i probably wasn't paying much attention to the band because we were getting ready to go on so i was doing some stuff but when the guy with the drummers walked up the stage i said to him hey man you sound you sound really good and and what do you think the guy said to me yeah thank you yeah i know <laughs> and, I start, and I started laughing just like that, like at the guy when I said it to him. And he said that response. I started laughing, and he looked at me like with this like look. And I just remember us getting on the stage, and then you know, completely did, you know, blowing the, the, the audience. It was like a great gig, you know what I mean? And right. I think like like three songs in, like him and his whole band had just left. Like they just they didn't even stay around for what was going oh, on. Oh, you know? that's not cool. Yeah, but it's just like you know, so you can't you know when you're in that type of environment. You could take that like, oh, you think you're good. Wait till you see what I'm going to do, you know? Or you could just laugh and be like, man, are you for real? Like, okay, like, all right, you know? Yeah. Like, so- there's, no, there's no competition. And listen, I've also played, you know, on venues with guys that were like like that particular gentleman who wasn't particularly a great drummer, right? But I paid him a compliment to be nice and be supportive of another musician. Sure. And then he comes back at me with like, yeah, I know how good I am, you know? And I kind of chuckle it off. And then you have the flip side where – You've played with professional guys that are really, really good, and they know they're good, but they don't have an ego. And then you, right. I've played with professional guys who are really, really good, and they know they're good, and they let you know that they're good. Like you know, they they they, they they'll, they'll say thanks, but it's like expected, you know. Like hey, man, you sound really good. To be like oh, thanks, you know. Not like oh, thank you, thanks. For, I really appreciate that. Like it's like yeah, thanks, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like of course I sound good. This is what I do for a living. I'm professional. Right. But then yeah. the other guys that are like humbled to be, you know, to be in that greatness. And I never forget too, like when I'm, I hung out with Steve Smith one time and he just said the same thing. He just said, I'm a student of the instrument, man. I'm constantly learning. Like I don't even know one tenth of what I need to know. Right. You know, I'm not even one tenth as good as I, I need, I think I should be, you know? Right. There's a guy who, you know, every time you would see him, he was better. You know, I remember going to Modern Drummer Festival and then 10 years later seeing some same guys on the bill and Steve Smith being on that bill and Steve Smith just being like head and shoulders above everybody. Right. And when they would ask him, like, how, you know, he would say, I travel to different parts of the world to learn world rhythms. You know, I, I immerse myself in different cultures of music and then I practice a lot. Like when I'm, you know, when he wasn't on tour, you know, playing with Vital Tectones or, you know, Weather Report or Journey or any of these guys, he would have a break. He would practice. He wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go take some time off. I'm going to go hang out. I'm going to travel. You know, he'd be like, no, I'm going to like go in my studio and shed because I, I need to learn this new, you know, African rhythm that I can now incorporate into some of you know, my playing. So right. I, I was always impressed by that, that he, he was always striving to be better. And every time you saw him, he was he was better, you know. Right. And, and JJ's correct here, too. And I was going to make that point. The egotists are insecure. So the guy who said, yeah, I know, that's really just showing his insecurity because it's the people who are really good, um, and, and are secure with how good they are, are humble, like you said, and, and they, they show that humility, um, where, where they're, they're genuinely appreciative of your compliment or anything that you say. And you can tell right away for the way somebody reacts. And those are the people that know this point is that everybody's better than you just look at it that way everybody's better than you <laughs> and like, yeah you know you know or you hold yourself to a standard that you try to totally a- attain like i remember seeing vinnie calyuda someone said like vinnie you're killing it and he said no i'm really not <laughs> right <laughs> you no know? uh, he's like yeah i missed that part on that thing and yeah, you don't know but, as an audience yeah. member no and meanwhile everyone's in awe but to him he's only playing at like 90 percent. you know what i mean but he's 120 percent right. of everybody else but for right. him, he won't say, like, thank you, I appreciate that, but I'm really not. You know, and he would kind of laugh it off, like. Right. Yeah, you I, also I, don't want to get too far with that, though, like the, the self-depreciating, uh, like, yeah, like, no. uh, like, oh, no, man, I'm really not good. Like, you don't want to go too far with that either, because that's, that's also showing insecurity. Yeah, like, no, he would say it more like, I, like, like, I, like um, I'm doing pretty good for having airplane chops. I think that was his comment. You know? Like, you know, he was like a joke, that's down funny, on himself. Yeah. But yeah, but he was saying like, you know, he's just he didn't get a chance to warm up or practice beforehand. But you know, he's still killing it. But just right. not to the level of him, you know. 
and right. and much like Neil when he retired from Rush, right? He just said, I I can't play at the level that the fans expect me to play at and that I demand of myself. I just physically can't do it anymore, so it's right. time to stop doing it. Right. You know? Uh, like JJ said, best guy to ever strap on a guitar, Rory Buchanan. He let the music speak for him. Let the music do the talking, sure. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, but like, uh, so this guy, the utility guy in this band this weekend, had to cover for me for, on a bunch of songs because they're just songs I haven't played in, in years or decades even. And I didn't want to screw it up. So, uh, so like one was Rio by Duran Duran, which I've learned in the past. And oh, I, great, I, great I, bass, great, great bass. bass. Yeah. Great song, great bass part. And it's too iconic of a bass part for me to even attempt it. If I don't know that I'm going to play it perfect or at least for me, like, I, oh, like and a, you told you were going to sing that song too? No, 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 just bass. Oh, okay. But the, the utility guy, the singer, uh, his name's Sonny. Um, I, he was, I was like, can you do it? He's like, yeah. And then he, the song started, you know, and I'm out there listening and checking it out. And, 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 uh, and he was playing it great. And then he got to kind of a middle part of the middle section and he got a little lost and then he just stopped. Like right, <laughs> right in the middle of the song. The band's still going. He just stopped. And then, you know, just for like, and you could see him like, ah, like, ah, and then he, he jumped back in. Right. And then I got back on stage. I was like, dude, that was great. Except for when you stopped. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause Don't most stop. people wouldn't know, you know, and he's like, I just needed to regroup for a second. Cause I was, cause that does, that baseline is moving around a lot. Oh yeah. No, um, I know. In I... that middle part. Um, just in the whole song, really, but great bass part. But now I, I feel like oh, I got to go back and relearn Rio. So just in case next time, yeah, next time I. And you know play, what? Like I you said, play. if you're prepared and you're polished and you do work on it and you own it, right? It's a, it's a joy to play, right? Oh yeah, like yeah. because you know you, you you're gonna nail it. But I, I've always kind of approached, especially going to auditions, where I play with new people. Um, that I've always approached it as everybody's better than me. That's how I've always thought yeah. of it before I go. And, and that helps me to prepare well for whatever it is I'm going to be doing. So I practice, I over practice, I over learn things. Um, so that, cause I figure like I'm going to walk into the situation. Everybody's going to know their parts perfectly. They're going to be, the harmonies are going to be great. They're going to know the bass lines perfectly. I have to go in and know this right. And that's ne almost never been the case where that's happened, where I've gotten into a situation that was true. But I still prepared as if it was going to be true. Right, and then that brings you to the situation ultra-prepared because none of those things exist that you thought were going to be there. Right. So you kind of psyched yourself out to be ultra-prepared. Yes, and Which I do it. other way, yeah. Yeah, I do it all the time. I, I don't... I don't know what that must stem from something deep in me. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, everyone has their own way of, you know, channeling that desire and that discipline to be able to do these things, right? And it's either you say everyone's better than me or you say, oh, man, they're all going to know the stuff and I got to be prepared. Or you just, you know, you have a different mindset of discipline the way you look at it. Everyone has their own way of approaching it. Someone else could look at it and say, like, I don't want, you know, I have to be prepared because I'll be, have anxiety before the gig if I, if I think that I don't know the songs, right? Or right. some other people might say, well, you know, I know the song enough to get through it and I'm okay with that and I'm confident in it, you know, and I don't have time to work on it. Or other people will practice it just to say, I want to own it and I want to play it and I want to get, I want to be better myself because you know how it is too. If you listen to a song, like we'll play a cover song, but if you go back and really analyze it and listen to it and go on YouTube and find a soloed out version of whatever instrument you play, you're going to find things in there that you're like, Oh wow! I wasn't playing it that way. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. All and the then, time. yeah, and then you go back and you you may have been playing this way for years, right? Like you may play Jesse's Girl the same way, and all of a sudden you play with a band. And the guy's like, it doesn't go like that in that part. And you're like, what are you talking about? I played this song a thousand times, you know. And remember, the, I played in the band. They going to say, well, then you've been playing it a thousand times wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm glad you have a good track record of, of experience of playing it, but you're playing it incorrectly. And then you go back and listen to it. And you're like, son of a bitch, man, that guy's right. You know. Yeah. And yeah. That's great. Was, you know. Yeah. There was a song I heard last night. I can't remember what it was, but I, I often when I'm working here at my computer, I'll just put my headphones on and listen to music on shuffle. And something came on last night and I was like, a song that I played a lot. Damn, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, I don't really want to listen to this. 
but I, I let it play anyway. And then I'm listening to the bass line. And I'm like, I don't play that. What? Right. <laughs> I've been playing this wrong. The guy's playing the wrong part. <laughs> like, I've been playing this this completely wrong all these years, and nobody's ever said anything. What is going on here? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a practice I like to to get into too. Sometimes is to look at a list of songs that I've been playing forever and just go back and relearn them, learn them again, uh, as if I didn't never learn. Yeah, them revisit them. And we've talked about that in the past too. You know, about going back yeah. and, and revisiting things that you've done. You know, so you make sure you're playing correctly. But yeah, dude, you can never be. You know, you, you can never be any better than you are today unless you strive to be better, right? And you can be better tomorrow than you are today if you make a conscious effort. And those efforts add up over time, like we talk about all the time. And it was funny, too, because you know what? Like, I saw a guy who I don't personally know but knows the band or knows guys in the band. We played on Sunday. And the guy came up and he says, man, you know, he's talking to the one guitar player. And he's like, "You, every time I see you guys, you have so many new songs. And they're not like, you know, they're eclectic, like, hard songs so that only leads me to believe that you must be one of those bands that has the dreaded R in their vocabulary and I know what the dreaded R is but those guys were like what are you talking about and I'm like rehearsal oh. and then the guy was like <laughs> bingo drummer yeah he's like exactly so he's like 100% you know when you are when you rehearse at least two times a month or if you can do once a week exponentially man in six months time like the band's tighter, you're solid, you got endings worked out, you got segues, you got parts, you got, you're stringing songs together and making a show, you have different, uh, you know, nuances that you're putting together, you're working on tempos, you're working on, you know, all kinds of stuff, learning new songs. So you're not playing the same songs all the time, you know what I mean? And introducing right. a new song every eight months, you know? If every two, second or third gig you have, you know, four or five new songs, I mean, it's like, wow. And then, you know, you start to recycle some older songs, but then just by, you know, fruition, stuff's going to fall off, right? You know? Right. And, and, and some songs may not come back and some might, you know? But as you develop and have better songs in your repertoire, and, you know, like we always talk about, you kind of analyze what songs work, right? What songs are the audience really receptive to? What songs do the audience constantly come up and say, I can't believe you guys played that song? Or you guys did that song so great. Or that's one of my favorite songs. I can't, you know, I'm so glad you did that. Like, you made my day, you know? Nobody does that song. You know? So after you get the feedback from, you know, the same 20 songs and you've introduced 10 new ones and five of those are getting the same response, then you can kind of say, okay, well, we've got to take some five out of the rotation and put these five in because they're becoming crowd favorites, you know? Yeah, definitely keeping it fresh helps. You know? And then um, for us, it's venue specific too, you know? Certain right. venues, you won't play certain songs. It just won't go over, you know? True. And other venues, like songs that go over everywhere, no matter where you're playing. Right. Yeah. It's it's a different uh, dynamic, obviously, here in New Orleans where we're a house band and, uh, you know, the people come to I, us. Yeah, and I think it's a know. different dynamic whether you're in a wedding band you're playing New Orleans like you're doing. You're in a party band, a corporate band, a bar band. You know, it, it, your situation is going to be different depending on what kind of music you play, right? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, it, it's applicable, though, across the board to, to all those things, right? I mean, rehearsal equals better, regardless of... It does, yeah. We, we don't... <laughs> yeah, we don't rehearse here in New Orleans, uh, really, probably because we play so much. Uh, yeah. But I, I like rock well, box. I, 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 Steve, I think if you play eighty-five songs a night for three nights in a row, you probably don't need to rehearse during the week because you know you, you've got it a pretty good amount of rehearsal time for that. You know that seven days yeah. cycle. It's the gig is the rehearsal. It's a paid rehearsal. Yeah. We, used to, we used to call I'm them. saying Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Like you said, eight sets, uh, ten uh -huh. songs a set. You're playing eighty songs, every bit of it. Yeah, so 80, 160, and then six sets, um, on Sunday. So, so over 200 songs. Yeah. <laughs> for the weekend. Well, you know, some of them repeats, obviously, but, uh, yeah, a lot of them repeats. You know, um, you still gone through the motions on over 200. You played over 200 songs, right? So. Yeah. You know, that's a lot. That, yeah, that's a lot of tunes, man. I mean, I don't think you could play 200 songs at rehearsal. No. <laughs> you know? God, no. You're lucky if you get uh, ten at a rehearsal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we no, look it's, at it's it. Important, man. You know, it's important. Yeah, and I I have to adjust to, and a lot of musicians deal with this too. Have to adjust to the different players in the band, yeah. what their style is, and whatever. Because I and I was thinking about this while I was playing how 
you know, just changing, and we've talked about this before, but cha- just changing one person in a band changes the entire dynamic of the band because of their, their style, their personality is going to be unique to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every drummer, you know, I could play with a hundred different drummers playing the same song and every drummer is going to play a little bit differently because of the way they are, uh, the way they approach their instrument. And so that, even though I played with these guys a lot before, it's still a period of adjustment for me to like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, the drummer does it this way, and that's right, oh yeah. Um, so by night three, I was like, okay, you know, I, I was more acclimated to yeah, you got to figure it out to their stuff, um, which is uh, uh, it's always fun because it, it does keep me on my toes, and uh, again, I, I those guys are friends of mine, and I love playing that music. It's that's more in my wheelhouse. But that's one of the amazing things about New Orleans, right? Is that you you get in that community and there's such such a different mix of people. Like you could sub for five different bands and play with you know over the course of those five different bands, twenty five different people. You know, theoretically, being you yeah. the only constant, right? Could be a different drummer in every one of those bands. Could be a different guitar player. Could be several singers, keyboard player, maybe two guitarists in another band, right? Yes. So, you know, you, the dynamic is uh, is interesting because you are constantly challenged to have to – not only do you have to know the song, but then you have to adapt to, like you said, the style of how they're doing it. What tempo are they playing it at? They play it a little slower. They play it a little faster. They play it right on the money. They play it with a lot of energy. Like you said, is the drummer on top of the beat? Is he back behind the beat? Is he, you know, is he anticipating? Is he grooving? How's the uh, dynamic right. of the singer? You know, like things like that. And then there's certain stops in songs that bands yep. will do that are yep. unique to that. And, and they had a great way of cueing me on that. Like I, me, Tommy is a drummer in this band and I've played with Tommy a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's very good at just kind of looking at me and, and cueing me. But the, the singer, the utility guy, Sonny, he would turn around and he would go like this. Yeah. That's all he would do. And, and like just before that stop was coming, he would just turn around and go. And then I, I knew exactly what he meant. Um, and I, I could feel where it was coming. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's cool. Leo said we do one set per rehearsal, then review and fix problem areas for the remaining time. That's a pretty good way to approach it. If you do just focus on one set, however many songs it is, 10 songs, 12 songs, and then, so play it front to back, like as if you were playing a gig. That's the best way to do it really at rehearsal. And then, when you're done, and especially if you have a, an opportunity to record it, and Tony and I have talked about this ad nauseum, um, but if you can record it, watch it back, and say, okay, this is what we need to fix, or listen that, back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you'll watch back a video, and everyone came up to you at the end of the gig and said it was the greatest gig ever, and you guys sounded amazing. It's great, you know, that the bit, that the crowd was super stoked and pleased and walked away. But like you said, then you watch back the video, and you're just like, oh, that needs a little work, or that thing got missed there or that vocal needs a little help over there, you know, like you start to nitpick it apart, which is great because at the time it was a great gig, right? And it went by and, you know, people are drinking and socializing and the music's there and they're singing along. So, you know, when we go back and look at a video sober, you know, days later and critique it, you know, it's so that we can pick it apart to make those parts better, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think, the most important part of it, rather than just thinking that you're having a great gig every time because the crowd is loving you and telling you how great the band is. You know, if you don't right. do some self analytics, like you said, lose the ego and dig in and say, yeah, it was a really good gig. However, here's a half a dozen things we need to improve on or fix. You know, yeah, you know? this is an excellent, get better. excellent point Greg made. The crowd is in the moment; they don't hear the mistakes that we as musicians hear, and right. that's absolutely true. You know, like. We were kind of talking about that earlier, but you could come off stage and like, oh, I missed that part. And you'd be like, yeah, nobody the audience, knows. Audience is like, no, you sounded great. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows because they're in the moment and it, it comes and it goes super quick and you'll make a mistake and you'll kind of harp on it in your mind at least for maybe even only a couple seconds or maybe a minute or maybe longer. But to the listener, it came and went. Yeah. And even if a guy was playing in the wrong key or something, you know, for a brief time and had to adjust something well, that's or say the wrong part. No, but I'm saying as long as it's adjusted quickly, right. an audience member might say, like, something sounded a little kooky at that one point in time, but I really can't pick it out, you know? It's, right. it's only when you have a complete train wreck disaster where the song has to come to a halt or right. the singer just forgets the words and puts the mic out towards the audience for help, like, who wants to sing along with me, you know? 
those yeah. are the instances where even that can be made into a fun and not a, a, a tragic event. You know what I mean? You can make mistakes to, to be into some, you know, you can goof on yourself when you do them sometimes, you know? Sure. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Laugh at yourself. You Absolutely. Laugh at yourself. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to make mistakes. You have to do that. Um, this is a great thing that Adam said. He said, I'll watch the guitar player go to his pedal board to help me prepare for a change if I'm not familiar with that song. So that's a great thing that I utilize too that I don't even realize that I'm doing it. I'll watch, just watch what the drummer's doing. Watch what the guitar player is doing to kind of look for cues. If they're not going to cue me on something, I just kind of watch and see what they're doing. So I, I, I can anticipate what's going to happen based on what they're doing. If I see like... Yeah, it's, that's a great example. You see the guitar player go, go to his paddleboard, and you know he's going to go into the solo or whatever. Um, just visual cues. Every cues you need, like you said, sometimes the lead singer won't even turn around; just put his hand up like this, and then you know he'll get right. you at that. You know, like the end's coming, so you know right. that's the last, the last chorus because he's going to kill it. Right. Yeah, and that's true. If you're in the audience, if you have an ear for music, you may catch a mistake, but not likely. And even if you do, you don't care because you're generally enjoying the the song and the band and you're not going to harp on it as no. long as the person who made this mistake will. Um, so you, unless, you're just, insecure, unless you're an insecure musician with ego and then you'd be like, Oh, look at that guy made a mistake. You hear that wrong note. He played uh, everybody played the wrong note. <laughs> he gets his, his megaphone out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wrong note. Steve played the wrong note in the chorus. Yeah. Boo. Shut up, you. Boo, Steve. Boo. Uh, yeah, and drummers do this a lot, and that's that's a great thing that Basil said. Oftentimes, the drummer cues to change with a fill yeah, after absolutely. being in the groove until then. Yeah, Drummers yeah. are very good at that. And being a bass player, I'm always kind of keyed in on the drums and the drummer. So I, I listen for cues. I, I recognize cues based on what the drummer is doing. Mm. Um but, uh, yeah, good times. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Even though it was a lot of work, it was a lot of fun to be out this weekend and, yeah. uh, and pretty good crowds. Summer again is slow here in New Orleans. So we didn't have, it wasn't like packed room all night, every night, but there were parts of the night where it was a good, good packed room. Um, but still, well, there's not many people that can say they played 22 sets of music, Steve. Yeah. In a weekend, you know, so that's. On a slow uh, week, on a slow weekend at that. Yeah, except for the other five guys in the band. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. I'm sure there's plenty of guys that do it. You know, there's bands. I'm saying, but not geographically away from your region. That probably doesn't happen all that much unless you're in Vegas or you know another sort of entertainment town, right? That would demand that sort of. I don't even know if they uh, do that in Vegas, though. You know, I don't think commitment. they do lights nights that long in Vegas. Maybe they do. Well, we don't know. I don't think bands. Because what happens in Vegas typically stays in Vegas. Right. And goes on YouTube and Instagram and. Of course, all kinds of social media pages, right? Yes. Um, As it should. But yeah, nicely said. Ricky said, uh, we all make mistakes. It's all about having fun and making music with great people. Yes. That is key. Small stuff, man. Don't sweat the small stuff. That was almost my title for today. I almost picked that as the theme. Don't sweat the small stuff. There you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about this weekend too, is they're, they're people that I like that I know, you know, I've known for, for a very long time and I, I'll hang out with them, drink a beer any other time too. And, uh, and it's fun to play music with them. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it's always fun as our careers evolve, you know, that you play with somebody maybe you haven't played with in 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. or you were in a band with a long time ago and then you get to play with them again. And hopefully they're better than they were 10 years ago because they did put in some effort and practice and <laughs> do something, um, you know, but it's enjoyment because it's like it's comfortable, right? Like if you and me get together to jam, I could not have, you know, I probably didn't play with you for four or five, six years before we hooked up in New Orleans that one night. Oh, and yeah. As soon as you get on stage, like right back in the groove again, you know, it's yeah, like, sure. great. It's comfortable. It was great. Yeah. And like I was talking about last week with my friend Abe from Jersey, who I hadn't played with in 15 yeah. years or so. And then I, I got to do a gig with him and he's out and about. He's playing a lot. Uh, it's good to see that. If you, anybody that's a musician that's looking for work that wants a life change, come to New Orleans. You'll get work. If you're good yeah. at what you do and you're a cool person, 
you'll get work. You just have to be here. Um, and you have to be hungry to work because there's always bands looking for players to sub or just to take, get a job, take a job. Um, so I, I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I found out that we might, I might be getting back to playing regularly again. Wow. What a surprise. <laughs> with jason's band again same, same maybe, maybe maybe uh it's a big maybe though if there's no i don't know how much i can say here on this public forum right now so it's a big maybe is it geographically will you have to move or travel no no, no. okay so then that's that's a little hint yeah no, something in, in uh, again in New Orleans. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I would rather. Hmm, I, I love playing in the fall here. I love when it's football season. There's a lot of uh, people from other cities come to town. So I'm going to go on the record as episode 175, Steve. Just okay. Make my usual predictions that. Okay. I predict you're going to go like three or four weeks uh, of. You know, working on Cover Band Central, you will get another call probably to sub. But then after Labor Day, you're going to be playing full time again. I don't know if I want to, though. But it will, be, it will be full. Okay, let's put it this way the opportunity will be there, and I suspect you will probably engage it. Yeah. It's hard for me to say no. We shall man. see, though. So, everyone out there listening, remember episode 175 when we, <laughs> was episode 185 and we come back to this topic and we're going to say at, you know, whatever it was, 854. So, or 856, right? So, we're going to say, so 56 minutes and 32 seconds into podcast episode number 175. Actually, no, it's live. 55 minutes and 49 seconds. Tony made this prediction. Okay. Um, it's on record. Fifty-five, fifty-five. That's the timestamp. Yeah, it's it's on record now. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure that I want to, but we'll see. I, it's hard for me to say. Find now. out. Because I do love play ba- to play bass. It's uh, one of my favorite. For a month is a long time from now to think about things. So you got plenty of time. Yeah, it's one of plenty my favorite time. things to do. But for all I know, I'll get a call to, to sub this weekend. So you never know. You never know. Yeah. What do you got coming up? Do you have any more outdoor gigs? Yeah, I'm playing uh, Thursday. I have a Thursday night outdoor gig, another summer concert series. Outdoor, big pavilion, you know, big PA, full sound. Uh, I think it's 6.30 to 8.30 or 6.30 to 9.30. Okay. No break, you know, one long set. Ooh, three-hour set. Yeah, so so, so I will say that out of all the outdoor venues I've played this summer, there's probably been about almost probably ten, only one got canceled because of weather. So we've been pretty fortunate with the the, you know the gigs we've had that have not gotten affected by weather. Good. I saw a a, you know Super Trans Am. No, they are. A bunch of the elite musicians in the Jersey area. It's Paul Riario on guitar, um, James uh, uh, McGill on guitar and vocals, Bobby, I forget his last name, on bass and vocals. Uh, all great players. And I saw a post today said they had to cancel their show tonight because of heat. Who's the drummer in that band? Uh, I forget his name. Um, Lance something, maybe? Vance? Vance Van? Lance with an L. Oh, I don't know Lance. Uh, he's real good. He's somebody I played with before. Uh, um, well, obviously he's good, Steve. He's in the elite cover band of the best of New Jersey. It is, it is really – they are really kind of the elite yeah. players. And uh, But I saw a post today that said they canceled their show tonight because of heat. Wow. It's hot. I mean, it's it's very hot, humid. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we got a heat wave going, so it's definitely you know, believable. All right. Well – I hope y'all around the country are not experiencing canceled gigs, and I hope you're getting to play. And, uh, let, <laughs> yeah. you know, let us know. Send some videos. I love seeing videos. Um, if you have a video of your band playing a cover song live or in studio, send it to Steve at CoverBandCentral.com so I can post them on the page because I love sharing your stuff, and I love just seeing your stuff. Um, what else do I have to tell people here? Uh, visit our sponsor. If you need a website and you do coverbandcentral.com slash bandzoogle. They are the best in the business for musicians and bands in 
getting your website looking professional, easy to use, and all the content that you want on there. That's the way to go. Start your 30-day free trial if you go to that link. You get a 30-day free trial, and you can check it out for yourself. Uh, CoverBandCentral.com is always the place to go. The place. All things Cover Band Central. All uh, things. All things. Sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both, and it is free. Free, free, free. What else do I have here that I got to tell everybody about? I think that's it. Um, that's it. So you got episode 175? That's all I got in the books. Um, also, uh, yeah, I'll mention Juke too, Juke.band. Yep. Uh, tip app. It's great. Take requests live on your phone. During a show and take tips and tons of cash, tons of cash makes lots of money. All right, thank you guys for watching here. One seventy five. Uh, gotta get the thing ready. Yeah. So uh, go out there. Remember that you're only as good as you think you are, and you can be better if you put some effort in. Everybody is better than you. Everybody's better than you. We'll see you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.